0: Welcome, welcome, thank you so much for downloading or listening or just generally eavesdropping in on this week's passion pod, total honour and joy to have your lobes. Uh, this is passion pod number 82 and it is courtesy of Cara from Born Potcheen. Now Potchine, we'll get into a big old chat about what that is, if you know, definitely 10 million brownie points because that's super impressive. If not though, Panic, ye not. In about five minutes, you'll have it absolutely nailed. So, Kara, you're listening to Passion Pod eighty two with Kara from Pachine. To start this, I'm going to need you to pronounce officially <laughs> the name of your product, your delicious booze. I can tell that. But tell me how on earth I, I would pronounce it. This is the hardest thing that
1: you have with this brand, right? And not forgetting the fodders over the A and the f- second I. Okay. Because that will change everything. Right. So it goes from being bam poitin. Yeah, which is actually how I would have gone.
0: <laughs> but I really cleverly let you do that for me. <laughs> to born poaching.
1: Born poaching. Yeah. Okay. Well Amazing. Well
0: I'm fluent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born uh, means white in Irish.
0: Oh, okay. In Gaelic.
1: So what we're trying to be is the white Irish spirit. We'd say drink it like you would your whiskey. It's on the bottle. It, it gives you that kind of, if you don't know what it is,
0: give it a try. Right, I'm going to try <laughs> some. Such a cool bottle. I mean, I feel it's just so grown up. You believe it's yours? I oh, know, I don't. I, I don't believe it. Corrie, I don't drink. I'd never order a shot, but I would really happily drink that over yeah. ice. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah, I drink it over ice with a squeeze of lime. Oh. that's my drink
1: it's pot rice and lime it's strong if, if you're not used to drinking spirits neat that's why we say it's like a, for a whiskey drinker because they're so used to drinking whiskey neat or tequila do you know what though it,
0: it doesn't taste like a white spirit yeah. yeah god this is the way forward I know right if only I was
1: interviewing everyone bringing bottles of booze and this is mm. a claim which I can lay claim to is I've never had
0: a hangover on it Stop it. Well, no. there's one way to find out. Yeah, I know. Give us a background. Tell us if I'm, if someone didn't have this amazingly awesome box in front of them, <laughs> what is Born Potchin? So Born is our name, and Potchin is the category. It's very hard because I always
1: have to kind of go for that because. It's not a category that exists. And it's the first thing that people say is, is it a gin? And you're like, no. that is it a vodka? And you're like, no, it's a potheen. So what we're trying to do is create a whole brand new category. It exists in Ireland and has done for like a thousand years. It just isn't to the masses yet. The world doesn't know about it. Where does it fit then, potheen? That is so difficult to if when you have something that's completely new. Because its nearest cousin, I guess you could say, is Irish whiskey. Because that's where it originates from. It was the precursor to all modern Irish whiskey. okay. Purer version of it, Very I think. Very much purer. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> says it glows up. just a definitely better option. Do you know what it is? It's the most difficult because we've got to serve something that comes straight off the still yeah. and it'd be good. Whereas Straight off the still? Yes. I'm Give right, us that. Yeah. It, yeah. So if when you distill um, an ingredient and turn it into alcohol with an Irish whiskey as it comes off the still as alcohol you you put it into a barrel and then hope it turns into something yummy and woody and lovely whereas with pocci because it's straight off the still and it has no resting no aging right. nothing added to it it's a real skill to get something straight off the still that's drinkable. That tastes delicious. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you, you're not
0: relying on it being oxidised, you're not relying on... Botanicals and yeah, stuff, nothing, yeah.
1: nothing, nothing like
0: that. So what does the flavour come from then, just the process of making it? So
1: the flavour of pocci and, and the way it was always done back in the day was it would be its main rawest ingredients that create the flavour. So for us, we've got malted barley, sugar beet, molasses and potato. Okay. And you've got a mix of all those three kind of together. But that's just for your specific one? (laughs) Amazing. It's mostly like grain-based, and if you think as potteen as a whole was anything you could grow on your land or swap with a neighbour, people used fruit, literally anything you could get your hands on that would turn into sugar and then into alcohol.
0: I wonder why it never turned into being something that we all know about.
1: So this is the best thing about potteen, right? So... Every other category that's gone through life that we know and love, like gins, vodkas, whiskers, everything like that, and rum even. You know, they started off as small spirits at home that people then spread out and exported and made money out of. Whereas with Pochine, it has a real dark history.
0: Come on. People died over oh, God. it. Oh, like, nice.
1: People defended it. People wanted to eradicate it. It was a spirit that was homemade by people. And they just didn't want us to pay the duty on it. So they tried to eradicate it by putting on a blanket ban of potcheen. There's some awesome stories of it being like, where people are like, oh, my uncle used to supply it to Parliament. Yeah, they used to have a bottle behind the bar. and Oh my like, gosh. What? So it, tra- it did travel. Everyone would know what potcheen is in Ireland, but just outside of Ireland, it was very rare. Yeah. Everybody has a potcheen story, and that's the best thing about potcheen. But the funniest thing is people in Ireland still think it's illegal. Really? Yeah, so when I go around like, hey, here's my potin and they're like "Oh, that's illegal and you're like no it's it was legal in 1997 so it had like a hang big hang
0: on 1997 yeah it's
1: still so recent so recent so 1066 is when it was banned and then 1997 is when it was the ban was
0: lifted oh my gosh <laughs> tell us though I mean how on earth do you go into making this to give us a bit of a potted history of how it came so about I fell into it I my sister opened a restaurant in Kentish Town in North London and the guy who
1: took over my sister's job is from Ireland. He's my business partner called Dave. And this is something he's grown up with and his mum used to use it. She's a baker. She used to use it to cure the cakes before she put on the marzipan or whatever. Oh, yeah so He has this like, incredible history with it. And... The family on my mum's side is Irish as well, so I do have Irish connections as well as my Irish name. Um, <laughs> yes, apart from my massive English accent, <laughs> so I have to justify it. <laughs> yeah, but I
0: imagine with something like this, you probably do because it's such an identity behind the brand. That, you yeah. Know. yeah, I mean
1: definitely, especially when you're when you meet someone Irish and you're like, oh yeah, I make potty and they're like, what? <laughs> um so yeah i kind of i met dave and dave had a bar called she in north london and what we did in the bar because i worked there part-time when i came back from doing a ski season this has a mental story of me having like a midlife crisis and then well no, we quarter love quarter life love yeah. crises it's what most of these are born from babe and that's when i came back and met dave and didn't have a clue what i was gonna do when i got back and i was formerly commercial marketing which Marketing is meant to be super creative, right? Commercial marketing is like the opposite of that. It takes all the fun out of it, because you're just doing buying deals, and it's all about money, and you're not selling a brand at all. You're dealing with people that talk about bottom line and want to make a penny. Was that very different to what you thought it was when you went into it, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think the whole kind of marketing, the cash of it is like, oh, it's super creative and stuff, and it's not. It depends on what area of marketing you go into. And I found that kind of soul-destroying but stuck there. And I, you know, God, the worst thing I ever did was stay in a job for five years that you hate. But it's so easy to do. Totally. And then you get bonuses and promotions and bigger salaries and you're like, oh, God, you're You're making this impossible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to leave. Yeah. But that's, it's like so often the case. So what was, you decided one day, that's it, I'm going to go and do ski season.
1: Yeah, when, because I love skiing and I thought, I was actually one of the oldest seasoners to be there. Because you are at, like, I can't remember what it was. I was in, like, late 20s. But you're, you're against, like, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. And they are like, mm-hmm. like, do you want to go out every night and get drunk? And you're like, yeah, it's great, but we've already done that. I just need a boxer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I, that's where I first watched Downton, honestly. <laughs> so I kind of came back from that and needed something to do. And my sister said, look, go and work at the restaurant and the bar. Figure out what you want to do with your life. And you know, Dave was super passionate, he opened up a bar that focused on Irish ingredients, so Irish whiskey, any Irish gins if they were available. And there was a couple of brands doing it, making potchin, but not doing it very well. So when I got in there and you know, we started playing around with it, and we used to sell potching flights. And it was, there's one that, someone that does a 90%, which is just ridiculous. So you give them like a tiny pipette of it. But whatever was on offer, we'd do like a small flight. And it just got more and more popular. And then, you know, no brands are actually coming to see you. So there was no one coming to sell to you and supporting you. So we just thought, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. And genuinely, that's how we started the business. God. It was us just going, we could do a better job of this. And then just going, fuck it, let's have a bash. Like, that's exactly how it started. Amazing. <laughs> I know God. like there should be these amazing, like, we saw this gap in the market and no, we didn't. We just thought, you know, that someone, kind, that of, kind is. of is. Yeah, I
0: guess it is. Yeah. But it just it's not through millions of business plans and like this yeah. is thing of forever. <laughs> sat down for hours. And then the
1: whole process of that started by scraping whatever money we could together, because Bernie and I had just come back from doing the season. Didn't actually do a lot of work while I was doing the season. I just skied, so came back with very little money and whatever I did have. I just threw it all into it because, you know, you either do it or you don't. And I think uh, I'd hate to miss that opportunity. And I think I learnt that skiing. I should have done that much earlier in my life. And, you know, I sat in a job that was useless to me for so long. And you just think, oh, yeah, but it pays the salary. And I, I got a mortgage quite young. So then you think, oh, it's you know, it's going towards that. And it's all like, oh, I've got to be an adult. <laughs> yeah, this is real life. Yeah, it's like you wake up one day and someone's like, now you've got an adult. And you're like, what? I
0: don't <laughs> want to play. i still 10
1: in my head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> please let me not do this yeah. but amazing though to have that break because it kind of obviously really readjusted it. and as you say you know you could apply it to yeah. your new venture yeah
1: and it was like the, the way we started born it wasn't calculated it wasn't like oh we we thought over for years and years about we did after we had the first initial idea but I guess it was just chance me being in the right place at the right time and I said to Dave, you know, let's start this business together. He was going to start it anyway. He'd already started doing like a bit of a label and it was a bit of a side project, but it needed someone else as well. So Dave's a great salesman. Like if you ever meet him, he's awesome. He's definitely the guy who's super passionate and then he imprints that on you and then that was me. And I had the kind of marketing and the creative background to it. Good team up. Massive. We couldn't do it without each other. Yeah. Um, And
0: I think it's great as founders to have another founder oh it's like the envy of everyone who doesn't have one I have to say because then you've got someone you just can bounce off I mean that's just a dream Dave's my best friend now and we previous to this we didn't know each other so that's that's kind of random but it's also it's unusual (laughs) though to find someone that you get on that you don't want to slightly kill a bit after a while oh
1: well that happens like years on right so that's like three years ago (laughs) so yeah you do want to kill each other and I discovered that Dave is identical to my older brother Like it's in every way bad. possible, but no, it's amazing to have someone to bounce ideas off. Someone who's totally like-minded and someone who is as passionate about
0: it as you are. And oh, it's just great to find that person. Totally, whatever the product is, yeah. I just think it's so great to have that connection. is amazing. Yeah so you talked a bit about money there how did you make it work financially i mean at that time you're scraping together everything i imagine for the first few years that was kind of difficult how did you get around that i think we were extremely lucky as a startup like
1: super lucky because at the start it was me and dave pulled through any kind of cash we could find um i remember calling my dad one day being like dad i need to pay the duty on this stuff and it's like four grand and i knew he'd just sold his house and i was like you'll get it back in a couple of weeks certainly didn't get it back in a couple of weeks but you know that's what you have to do as a startup and it will make the best story and i'll tell you what we started on we started on four thousand (laughs) pounds and that brought us our first batch of liquid first bottles first labels and label print and the duty on the spirit then when it got here we were like what do we do with it so we kind of left it in dave's attic we just do it as, as as quickly as you can for as cheap as you can and test it and like we, we both had jobs at the restaurant, obviously. So he was managing a whole restaurant. <laughs> I was kind of doing shifts here and there. And then we'd be like, when can you sell? Uh, oh, I've got two hours here. And we'd send him out around Camden or something. It's like, you learn on your feet. And you've got to set yourself up straight away because otherwise you'll be doing backlog of data and data. So luckily my family are entrepreneurs and start their own business and my brother is. Oh amazing so you can have a bit of people that have sort of slightly been there done that. Yeah it was like I need an accountant and my mum and dad's got one they're like use him for a couple of weeks and see how you get on so it was it was really helpful because it's totally like the blind leading the blind because you're doing something completely new. Luckily we had a couple of early mentors and these are other small brand producers that we knew. Did you just get in touch with them? How did you get them? Yeah there was a local guy to Kentish Town actually called Will and he owns Vestal Vodka and he was very tiny and he managed to give us great advice at the beginning and you know once you're in that bar industry you then start to meet people who have they're not just massive companies out there there are some really small craft brands even just small
0: beer brands and more now than ever i think yeah, it is yeah. a great time for it yeah Um. Uh, i'll bring us a bit up to now then you've been going three years i guess it's three years in total
1: we launched and i can't remember when it when it was either august or september we didn't really know what we we're doing launch by launch i mean we had product and we had it to sell <laughs> but but for you guys i
0: guess it felt then like okay wow here we go yeah it was the last of our money and it was like shit we need to sell some stock <laughs> quick. get someone drinking this
1: <laughs> and then a few weeks i think it was a few weeks after we launched someone approached us doing a small incubator this is what we now became part of which is distill ventures and it's a small incubator for small
0: startup booze brands and they just found
1: you yeah well it was it was like word on the street is there's somebody looking for um, new startup brands to take part in a course and you know they interviewed I think it was uh, between 80 and 100 brands wow and they got it down to five, and we Oh happened to my be. god yeah. and I wish we'd have had more time to prepare but I don't actually wish because we did it just on you know the way it happened but we got approached you know Dave got the guy drunk and then you know he went back to his office and was like pot gonna be the next big thing and they were like what no he's like you need to meet these people they're great so a series of meetings after then i think about three or four yeah three or four meetings after and you know you present to a board and you put forward your, your product and your idea. and So that really consolidated everything you were working on, I imagine, at that stage. but yeah, so quick. <laughs> it literally just launched. By launched, I mean, yeah, we just had products. And then someone's like, what's your concept? What's your future? What's your growth look like? Yeah. And you're like, I've got a fucking clue. Yeah. So we basically had to, you know, fake it till you make it. Is It's a great thing in this because I just wrote down everything I could on the application sent it and thought fuck if we get that it'd be lucky right and we got it and then you know you go in and you do a presentation and we got down to the last five and you're like so i think i think we were very lucky because you know jumping forward to where we are now i think the way you get somewhere is hard work and look you need those two in equal measures more hard work than anything whereas at the beginning we were super lucky yes we'd worked hard to get their products but we'd barely done anything before time yeah but someone saw the opportunity like we did And that's what got us somewhere. Oh yeah,
0: totally. Because you're suddenly like someone's on side with you.
1: Yeah, well for us it was about pitching it for the... Um, Irish American market. Okay, yeah. So as soon as we put those figures down, and as soon as we'd done a bit of research within those like tiny six weeks of me and Dave like writing everything down on a piece of paper, we'd found this opportunity was actually much bigger than we ever imagined. Really? What we thought as we're going to start our own potting and sell it to London and Dublin it just became a lot bigger than we ever imagined it too. And I think that's the good thing about going forward for that Distill Ventures program is it forced us to write down this. And as we were writing it, being like fuck, this is much bigger than we thought it was. So it made us get more serious very early on. Yeah. Had we have carried on being Dave and Cara trying to push pot in London and Dublin, it would have been a very different story because... Yes, we needed investment, but what we got at the start was a significant
0: investment and it got us to where we are now, but it also made us super serious. It makes it real suddenly, straight away. But don't you think it's something you could have done, it just would have been like you say, a different way, in the sense that you had mentors and stuff like that, but you'd have just done more of what you had done to that point.
1: Yeah, and maybe not done it so soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it was
1: a really productive thing, and that was for a year. Yeah, it was a six month incubator programme. It's essentially like a, a bit of a marketing course, either take you through some liquid development and they they basically because you tell them everything the thing about when you become so passionate about like potching you go away and you learn everything about it and then someone goes what's potching I could talk to you for like Four hours about it, but you can't do that. You need what they call an elevator pitch, and you're like, yeah. "What?" Yeah. Like, but I've got so much to tell you, and they're like, "No, pick out the best bits." And I was like, "But even the best bits are like so many of them." So you know, they, they force you to do things that ordinarily you wouldn't do. Yeah. But it's for the best.
0: And well, yeah, and it sort of takes it, like you say,
1: it takes it up another level. I yeah, guess. definitely. And you're taking an expertise from the booze industry, which we didn't have. You know, you just wouldn't have had that. Yeah, it's access
0: beginning. to stuff you would never. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so when Where you're at now? Are you guys working working full time on it? Yeah, so from the moment we got the investment to do the, after the
1: incubator was six months, we then had to go about making the product. So for us, we had, God, there's so many stories of like, where you just fail. And I think if you're scared of failure, never start a startup <laughs> because <laughs> you know. are going to fail all the time like I still fail I fail every day you fail all the time and that's okay
0: was that something you were okay with to start with or do you no, think you've god learned no god no
1: yeah no I'm a by my own nature I'm a perfectionist and you know it's one of those when you go into an interview and they go what's your worst oh I hear you sister
0: yeah mean that whip that one out <laughs> because I'm hoping it will give me some brownie <laughs> points too I'm a perfectionist
1: too. but God, it's the most debilitating thing I have about myself is being a perfectionist. And you kind of, now, three years on, I've got over it. And you have to because you cannot be in a start-up mentality. You cannot be a small brand owner and be a perfectionist because you'd never get anywhere. You'd never grow. You'd never do anything. You'd never progress. Because although, yes, everything should be done to your best ability, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm. Your testing hypothesis, the quicker you can test something and get, you know, feedback, evaluate. Is it the right thing? Is it the wrong thing? Test again, test again. It's all about testing. And that's one of the biggest lessons as well, like feedback is your is your gold star of everything. It's, it's what your business thrives on. Your your opinion is only one opinion and you have to get the opinion of the mass. And it's all well and good, me and Dave loving it, but it's got to be bigger than us. And getting the, the feedback of people is super important and it's something I always go on about. When we test new liquid, we get a panel. So it's just not just us, it's people within the industry. Because we push this towards the trade more so than consumers at the moment, just because of the very nature of it it's very difficult to launch something into the world and it be, this is completely new. Yeah. Instead of us going around being like, try our mental product that but was it's... illegal
0: and mental stories of it being, like, getting people blind. Why would I have that over <laughs> my normal journey Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. But again, stuff like that, you know, this is what's so exciting is it's all part of your, you know, the learning process behind it. Yeah. You know, these are all things that you've learned because you've tried it. And... Yeah, and I'd say
1: as well at the start, we were so out to please everybody and definitely definitely don't do it like that because you end up being too um, fragmented like you're trying to please everyone you're not a crowd pleaser my, my advice there would be find your niche market find the people that love it and love them like literally just all your effort should be towards them all of it all of your effort yeah which is hard at the
0: beginning because it takes a while to figure out yeah and it's picking
1: the the one thing to push because with us like we could be super craft focused because our distiller is incredible you know our distilleries in the north of Ireland, it's super romantic. Are you actually making it yourselves? Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, we do it with a team. So the guys are a brand new distillery, it's called the Eklundville Distillery. They're laying down whiskey themselves, so they're still very new, but um, we use raw ingredients which we grow on site. The barley wow. is malt- grown and malted on site because the guy who owns the distillery was a farmer by trade, you know we have this amazing craft story but then you're like well what about the cool desirable rebellious element of our brand which you should always be talking about and this the craft stuff it deviates from that so i could give you so many angles of born but which one do we go with
0: was that quite yeah was that quite a hard one god yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: it's like i said before we know we've got all this information in our head
0: <laughs> and also it's difficult when you meet one person you're like
1: oh you definitely buy in more to the craft thing. So I do say adapt it as you go along, but as long as you, it doesn't forfeit your
0: overall. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of have to be really ruthless. I mean, I'm no market marketeer, but like even the font that you use on here, there's an element of mystery and a bit of like bad, yeah. bad boy type vibe to yeah, it, isn't yeah. it? The whole development of all of that. Yeah,
1: it's having the team around you to support that. So Stranger and Stranger as our design company, and they're known for doing like awesome brands in the the booze world and you know they really wanted to do this attended it to three different people these are designers that we love and know that have done other brands they weren't they weren't the cheapest but that's who was going to get us the best and when you meet someone you, you need that connection and and it's all about the team that you have around you and stranger you know we gave them a brief they really got us And they got what we were trying to do. And I think they've done a really great job.
0: God, your
1: enthusiasm, literally. (laughs) I feel it.
0: I really hope this comes through because I can feel it. I'm like... I'm really excited I want to go and meet stranger and stranger and hear what they <laughs> said like it is incredible yeah I mean it is incredible
1: because how Born began and who I was when it started is completely different to who I am today it's lucky and it's by no means been easy it's, it's yeah, Tell tell hard.
0: yeah I mean we. it's amazing you've covered so many different bits and pieces but what do you think has been the most challenging thing for you?
1: gosh um, so many of them um,
0: I think working from home like it's Once you finish the incubator then you're now based from home. Yeah, so we did
1: we were in distilled ventures for six months and they didn't have new recruits for another six, so we stayed there for a year, which was great because you have the routine, right? As much as I hated being in my nine to five job, that routine is is what you live for because you've got somewhere to go, you somewhere to store your stuff. You know, you're not carrying booze around in your backpack every day. Yeah, especially not... for you guys, because you know, this oh, is man. not light, this bad boy. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> like is... you're carrying your laptop, a bottle of booze, some potential like promo stuff, like you are carrying your life in a backpack and that is super hard to deal with because, I mean, you work from home, but it's so difficult to self-motivate. There's so many things that you have to do as like a religious act because... But doesn't that
0: help by having your business partner?
1: Yeah, but we don't live together. So. Yeah. So, you know, like Dave's in North London, I'm in South London and...
0: Oh, you organised that one, badly. Oh, it's yeah. the
1: worst. So, so where our office was was Fitzrovia, so we had somewhere to go in central. And Perfect. We, from it. we were in amongst bars and retail shops that we could just nip to yeah. and get ideas years for or more. Whereas now we both work from home, but you have to make that time to get out. So the stimulation, especially yeah. with a brand like or a product like you guys have got, you need yeah. that. I, I can imagine like that. Born started in a prete manger and that, you know <laughs> I could even tell you which ones have toilets and which ones don't because that's super important for us. Yes, they all have Wi-Fi, but they don't all have toilets. I know, it's such a pain. <laughs> it was anywhere that had free Wi-Fi, anywhere that would have you could buy one coffee and sit there for the entire day. It's like literally familiar sounds. Yeah. I mean there's it I mean there's one place we go to where you don't even have to buy a drink and then let you sit there all day. You have to get out of your house because your home can be your nemesis because you end up doing, Oh, I'll wash the pots, I'll put on a wash So all these things can get in the way of what you ultimately should be doing and when you're faced with difficult tasks, which you are every single day, you're constantly learning, putting the wash on is the easiest thing to do so you end up doing it. So you have to be super strict with yourself, get up at a certain time, get dressed, get out, take your work somewhere else is is the best advice I could say because you procrastinate too much. And the other thing is is being super healthy. I've not had a lot of problems as an adult, but I do suffer with chronic pain, which I have every day. Oh, I know, rubbish. right? I guess you wouldn't know this if, if I didn't tell you, but I have chronic pain and really bad so, digestive system. <laughs> these things are crippling on a day-to-day basis, yet, you know, you kind of have to overcome them and you deal with this and you've got to start a business and you're faced with things you've never done before it's every day it's hard work and every day you're learning something new and everything is
0: so unsure But and also every day you're being you know going back to the healthy thing every day you're being completely sucked of your energy oh totally which yeah. is what's great because yeah. it's, it
1: continues stimulating but yeah you've got to be super careful of burnout especially in a startup I talk about having Dave and you know super lucky that there's two of us it means we can cover more ground but it doesn't mean you work any less or any slower or you know you don't get up early and finish late at night and you,
0: especially with a booze brand yeah, you know your hours you've
1: you got to be out at night so although I'm doing office hours for orders inquiries you've, you've then got your evening to go pushing it or yeah. the, be the face of the brand or get people drinking it so yeah it's super difficult and if you weren't strict
0: with your time
1: you'd be doing it 24 7.
0: I know <laughs> what tips have you found okay yeah getting out of the house but yeah. what other things have helped you when you want to switch off. How do you
1: go about that? So so mine is to go and exercise. I went through a really tough period of work took president over everything, so I'd cancel meetings, friends. I'd just do work and nothing else, like not even looking after myself or my boyfriend or my house and you can't live like that. You come to the point where you're super burnt out and exercise was always really important to me. It keeps me healthy for one keeps my pain at bay so all these things are really important but I just kind of swept it under the carpet and didn't deal with it and then six months later you, you know you have burnout I can't actually move or get out of bed you know I'm in you're a lot of pain. Yeah, you're not good to anyone let alone yourself. Yeah you're not good to anyone and I read else. an awesome book is it Ariana Huffington.
0: Oh I've just got it. Oh god you'll love it. I've just got it my dad gave it to me for Christmas. It's super great. I can't great. wait to start reading it. Yeah she had an episode where she woke up like a pool of blood collapsed or something oh, on god. the floor and it's
1: because she overworked and you, you aren't good to anyone. If you're super healthy you can do something in half an hour if you're not it could take you a day because you're you're not mentally prepared and you're not mentally prepared to to do it in the time that's required so yeah being super healthy for me I danced as as a kid and did that up until I was like 21 so I've I've gone back to ballet, and oh, I find wow. yeah because ballet's super difficult, right? Yeah, <laughs> so amazing I spend, toning. Yeah, so you, you spend that entire hour, you can't focus on anything else, you can't think about anything else because your entire
0: body's I in so it. much pain. God, you are so brilliant. You're a ballet dancer <laughs> that makes a really cheeky spirit. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is a dream combo. And you know
1: what? In my life, that's super difficult for me to deal with because if I go out and get smashed because I'm like oh potty's made no pirouettes the next (laughs) day (laughs) the next day I can't flip and move but I've got to get up and run a business and then oh I've got to do an exercise class because it makes me feel better and I literally want to vomit on the t-shirt so yeah I guess I'm quite hard on myself but it's the only thing where I can't think about work
0: yeah it's hard on yourself
1: in a kind of way that's constructive on yourself very much so isn't isn't it yeah 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 because you know even coming home from a day's work my boyfriend would be like oh how was work today he's the last person I want to talk to about work because I've just dealt with it for the entire. And you know, having Dave means I have two boyfriends, <laughs> Dave and my boyfriend. So, you know, I, we've literally gone through everything in the day, and then someone wants me to rehash it at night. I find that so hard, but bless him, he just wants to be in on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, don't talk to me about work today, it's been yeah. Super and then sometimes. You really want to talk to them about yeah, it because you sometimes haven't really I'm had like much. running through the door and be like, Oh my god, today I got saturated or today I did so this. Basically you have to deal with going out with a mad person. <laughs> if you go out with somebody who does a startup. that's yeah. basically vulnerable. Oh my god,
1: totally it. <laughs> for any supportive partner out there in
0: relationships Get then, out now. Yeah, you know, you have such highs and lows and they have to be there for it. It happens in other jobs, but just perhaps not to the extreme. I normally finish it off by asking what's your one bit of advice? but I think the things that you found challenging are kind of the advice in themselves. But what what advice do you wish you'd been given before you started this age? I think
1: definitely, and and one which I've learned recently because we're fundraising at the moment, which is a whole different beast on its own. You've got a whole different language which you never know unless you're being a startup and fundraising. So that's another different. It's a whole podcast in itself. Oh my god, like. <laughs> constant like i was saying constantly learning but yeah the one bit of advice and the biggest i would say is you're going to fail and that's okay like and i've only recently learned that and that's because it's the way you recover like you're going to do things wrong you're going to you're not always going to get it right and that's totally fine but it's how you go forward after it don't just stop you don't say oh, i failed you I know mean, that's it i can't do this anymore whatever just keep going just keep going
0: Ugh, just a joy to chat to Cara, and yes, added bonus of having a little cheeky shot at like eleven in the morning. Not gonna make a habit of it, don't worry. But it was genuinely delicious. Thank God it would have been slightly awkward if it if I didn't think it was, wouldn't it? Uh, big fat thanks to Cara, and very excited to watch their space next week. Passion Pod eighty three, courtesy of an illustrator, and she's got a French accent. I know. Nothing like a bit of spoiling for you, is there? Uh, in the meantime, two big thanks to make. Firstly, to the people that have added a couple of reviews for us on iTunes. You're just brilliant. If you haven't done it yet, we would be so grateful because it helps us spread our word, basically. The more reviews we have, the more people can hear about us, which is only a good thing. So if you had, like, two seconds just to pop on there and give us a review, we'd be uber grateful. Um, and also, thanks so much. I've had a couple of suggestions in this week, and a couple of people who have also been in touch from the website um, who are keen to have a chat. Thank you, thank you a million times. Just always a joy to hear of other people doing amazing things that want to have a chin wag. In the meantime, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week.